Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Uh, You'll notice it's me, Alex, here doing the intro. Uh, Josh is not going to be here for this first half of the episode, but the second half, which we'll be discussing all the quarterbacks in this 2022 NFL draft class, uh, he will be a part of that. So stay tuned in about, you know, 20 minutes or so. He should be joining us. We got a lot of news to go over today, uh, starting with Patrick Graham. Uh, he's leaving for the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, and then we'll get into some Senior Bowl stuff and uh, some other Giants news as well before we get to the second part of the episode. So the Raiders, like I just mentioned before, uh, they're hiring Patrick Graham as their defensive coordinator, um, and it's kind of a bit of a surprise. A lot of people are shocked, uh, whether it was you know the beat reporters, uh, people inside the Giants organization. Uh, it's a lateral move for Patrick Graham. He did not get a promotion to head coach. Uh, the Giants will not be getting uh, comp picks for him moving uh, as it was a lateral move. My thoughts on it, you know, it's upsetting. I think Pat, you know, I think Pat Graham's a, a hell of a coach. I think he's young. He, he's got a he's got a really up and coming, you know, defensive mind in this league. And I think the the Raiders are lucky to have him. In terms of an advancement for him in his career, that Raiders defense is kind of always underperformed. They've got some decent talent there. Um, but I think Pat Graham will be able to turn it around uh, quite easily, and that'll probably land him a head coaching job. He went over there um, with uh, the former Patriots OC. Forget, I'm blanking on his name now. Um, and there's even rumors that Joe Judge might be joining as the special teams coordinator uh, there. You know, it, it's it's upsetting for sure. You know, some people have mentioned, is this because of the Brian Flores situation? Uh, We don't really know if they're actually close or they aren't close. We don't really have a good idea of that. But if they were close, uh, this situation surely could have uh, made him quite upset and want to leave the Giants pretty quickly. Uh, Because before the Flores stuff came out, we didn't really hear anything about Pat Graham being unhappy at the Giants. So maybe it has something to do with that. I guess we won't know uh, for a while, uh, until Pat Graham says something. It, it's certainly upsetting. The only bright side to this is there's lots of very good defensive coordinators out there right now available, whether you're looking at Martindale, Vangio, uh, some other guys, even some guys in our own, uh, in our own room with Jerome Henderson, the DB's coach, uh, certainly a possibility as well. Firstly, we'll get to who the Giants are actually going to interview here. Uh, we do know the Giants are conducting an interview with Don Wink Martindale, the former uh, former Raider uh, Ravens, sorry, defensive coordinator, and the Bears' defensive uh, former defensive coordinator Sean uh, Desai. That both happened today, Saturday, when we're recording this, um, and apparently there are four or so others, uh, according to Ian Rappaport. And uh, we'll see who else comes in for an interview. Martindale's an interesting one. He came in uh, two years ago for the vacant Giants head coaching position. So that that's certainly something to show that uh, the Giants have had interest for uh, interest in him in the past. Uh, and he is supposedly very close with uh, Brian Dable. In terms of some other candidates, like I mentioned before, uh, Sean Desai from the Bears... Uh, and definitely Vic Vangio is another guy that I know a lot of Giants fans are high on, and he would probably be my number one candidate, uh, followed by Martindale, number two. Going over kind of their defenses re- recently, um, you know, from, 2020, uh, from 2018, 
2021, the Ravens were sixth uh, in defense. Um, they were sixth in 2018, then moving on to 13th, uh, 12th, and 21st last year. They did have a lot of inter- uh, injuries, to be fair. And the Ravens' defense has always been pretty solid whenever I've seen them. Uh, and I think Martindale's a very good coach. Under Desai, last season, the Bears were 27th uh, in total defense. Not great. They did also have a lot of inter- uh, injuries. No Khalil Mack um, and some other guys were out as well. Both these candidates are okay. Um, but I think, you know, you're looking at Vic Vangio, a guy who's been around for a while, who's seen it all, and, you know, like Martindale, but a, a really good candidate. And he would be my favorite uh, if we're going to bring someone in here uh, to replace Pat Graham. If I, you know, got to choose, I kind of wish we kept Pat Graham. It just seems like he was able to adapt really nicely week to week. I saw someone on Twitter say that. Uh, you know, sometimes Martindale, he doesn't adapt very quickly. You know, Patrick Graham is a younger guy. He, he adapts quicker. Um, and that was something that was truly impressive. You know, th- that Chiefs game uh, where we held them to, I believe it was 20 points uh, against, you know, Patrick Mahomes and that high-flying offense. Certainly, uh, he's going to be missed. And I think he has some head coaching aspirations in the very near future. And I think he will get a job um, very soon. Some other players that were, or some other coaches that could possibly uh, be interviewed who have not been interviewed yet, uh, but these are just possibilities. Uh, Defensive back coach Jerome Henderson, like I mentioned before, Vic Vangio, uh, Mike Zimmer, another one, former Vikings head coach, and Steve Wilkes, uh, Missouri's defensive coordinators, another guy who could possibly get an interview soon. That's kind of it on the Patrick Graham front. What I would say is there's some changes in this organization. We have a new assistant GM. Um, Joe Shane is making some making some moves. The Giants are hiring Eagles director of player personnel Brandon Brown as their assistant GM. Uh, Eagles continue identifying and grooming young talent. Joe Douglas, Andrew Barry, Ian Cunningham, Patrick Stewart that other teams recently promoted to high-ranking jobs. Joe Douglas, the now um, Jets general manager. You're probably wondering what's happening to Kevin Abrams. Kevin Abrams will stay uh, as the Giant uh, at the Giants, just no longer as the assistant GM. He will be a vice president of football operations and some other crap that they made up uh, in a title. He's basically going to be the cap guy, um, which you know it's what he's known for, and I think he'll be useful for that. I know Giants fans really wanted him to leave, you know, kind of clean house totally, but uh, you know, whatever, let let him stay. He wasn't going anywhere. Uh, so there, it's just kind of irrelevant to force him out. It's kind of like Chris Mara. You're never going to get rid of Chris Mara. So you just kind of got to accept it. B, uh, Brown, sorry, uh, was interviewing for the Vikings uh, general manager position uh, a few weeks ago. He's current. He was the uh, director of player personnel with the Eagles, like I mentioned before. So I'll go through his resume here. In 2012, he was an intern with the Jets. 2013, he was Boston College's recruiting specialist. 2014, Boston College assistant director of player personnel. 2015, he was a uh, Colts scouting assistant. 2016, he was a Colts advanced scout. 2017 to 18, he was uh, Eagles assistant director of pro scouting. 2019 to 2020, he was the director of pro scouting. And 2021, he was the director of player personnel. This is certainly... Uh, interesting. For, first of all, first off, 
fair play to him, uh, ranking, you know, moving up the ranks so quickly in the matter of nine years, starting as an intern and now uh, becoming the assistant GM of the New York Giants. Uh, Brown played defensive back at Fordham, where he earned a bachelor's uh, business administration degree with concentrations in entrepreneurship and communications media management. Um, and he is from West Palm Beach, Florida. Kind of not what everyone expected here for the assistant GM. Some people thought the you know Shane wasn't going to bring in an assistant GM till um, after the draft, but no, he did not wait. It wasn't Ryan Cowden from the um, uh, from the Titans, which many suspected it might be the vice president of player personnel there. I believe uh, it is the director of player personnel, Brandon Bean. He's a young mind, and I think I- I'm happy to have him. I know it sucks that he's from the Eagles, but he seems like a really smart guy. Um, and I'm excited to see what he can do here and how he works with Joe Shane to hopefully evaluate um, and find some good talent for this team. You know, as much as we hate to admit it, the Eagles have drafted quite well recently uh, since he's been there, besides Jalen Rager. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to see what he can bring to this Giants team and this Giants front office. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, now I guess we'll start talking about some of the uh, standout prospects from the Senior Bowl, starting with Liberty QB uh, Malik Willis. In this, you know, few days of practices and also the uh, game itself, uh, he had that very big long run that almost got a touchdown, uh, but he got tackled within the 10-yard line. 6'1", uh, 225 QB, uh, originally uh, was at Auburn before transferring to Liberty, and this during the Senior Bowl, you just wanted to see we, you know, we wanted to see what could he do at the basic level. We knew he had the, you know, a rocket of an arm. We knew he had the athleticism. We knew he could create big plays. But what we really wanted to see was, could he do the fundamental things right? Uh, and for the most part, he did at the Senior Bowl. And that was uh, very good to see. And I think that solidified him as a first-round pick, possibly even a top 10, 15 pick. And uh, his stock boosted massively uh, due to the Senior Bowl. So good for him. And uh, certainly someone to watch out for. And I think it's really the uh, kind of the story of this draft, if I'm going to be honest. I I still think he's probably QB2 behind Kenny Pickett, but it's certainly a very close race between those two. And Malik Willis's upside just cannot be ignored. And that's something you're going to have to take into account. And all these teams are going to have to take into account, including the New York Giants. Um, I guess we'll go on to the next player here. Trey McBride, uh, tight end out of San Diego State. Um, San Diego State, where did I get that from? Colorado State. Um, <laughs> 260, 6'4", um, 2021 uh, John Mock, uh, Mackey Award winner, best tight end in the nation, uh, 2021 All-American. And uh, he, he was just really good uh, this senior bowl. We saw him make difficult contested catches. Uh, we saw him good uh, do some good blocking in the, in the running game. And uh, he had a touchdown as well in the ball game itself, um, courtesy of Desmond Ritter. So uh, very good performer and certainly someone who could sneak into the back end of the first round uh, with his boosted stock after uh, a very few good, you know, a few good days of practices and an impressive performance on game day. So Trey McBride, certainly someone um, who, you know, is going to rise up draft boards and he will probably be tight end one off the board. So uh, another great prospect, probably the person who was the most impressive. He was named uh, kind of like the best 
practicer of the week. He won the award for kind of like best player over the few days of practice. Zion Johnson, guard out of uh, Boston College, 6'3", 316, and he was just really, really good uh, up against some of these really good defensive linemen. We'll talk about one of them later, but he held his own. Uh, we saw him take snaps at center uh, and really just bully uh, guys around. And in, out of those interior guys, he certainly was the best. And uh, I think he's moved himself up from probably a mid to late second round pick to a late first, early second round pick. And another person the Giants might want to consider. And uh, Zion Johnson, certainly uh, a very good prospect. Uh, prospect and probably behind uh, Tyler Linderbaum might be the second best um, interior prospect in this class uh, and we'll have to see what happens uh, at the combine and etc so um, another really great performance another guy who really boosted his stock this week at the senior bowl and another guy uh, who is a big boy on the offensive line Trevor Penning um, out of northern Iowa this guy just bullied people around this week and he was the only offensive lineman named as a finalist for the Walter Payton Award uh, presented to the National Offensive Player of the Year and that you don't see often you don't see an offensive tackle get placed uh, on the Walter Payton Award finalist list and he is truly impressive he's a mauler Uh, he just pushes over guys he bullies guys uh, and his attitude is just something you don't see from a lot of offensive linemen and, uh, you know, he has really good technique and he certainly, you know, jumped up probably from a late first, uh, early second round guy to more of a mid first round guy and, you know, solidifying himself as a top five tackle in this draft. So another guy who did himself only good uh, in this week at the senior bowl. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does as well and where he could possibly land in the draft. Another guy who will want to see what he does at the combine in terms of his measurables, um, but certainly another very intriguing prospect. What I would say about the Senior Bowl so far as I've known about all these guys uh, up until, uh, you know, this the Senior Bowl, I did not know about this guy. Travis Jones, defensive tackle out of UConn, junior 6'4". He was monumental. He just bullied everyone. He was winning every single one of his pass rushes, it felt like. You know, it felt like even against Zion Johnson, he had a couple of wins. And uh, this guy looked like a very, very good interior guy. Um, and really, the whole story of the Senior Bowl was the 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 two trenches, the defensive line, the offensive line, those were going to be the two really strong areas in this draft. And it kind of lived up to that. I think the defensive line had a str- uh, slight edge. You saw guys like Devontae Wyatt also perform quite well. You know, this was certainly a strong class, but Travis Jones uh, boosted his draft stock probably by a couple rounds. Um, and he definitely had the most significant increase, and uh, I'm excited to see where he ends up going. And another player who can get pressure from the interior. In, in, you know, in 2019, uh, I have his stats here. He had 40 tackles, three and a half sacks, and one fumble recovery. Um, you know, he 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 played solid uh, for Connecticut, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does here uh, at the combine as well, and moving forward into this draft season. One guy I want to give a special mention to uh, before we close it out, Damian Pierce, running back out of Florida. Uh, I thought he was really good blocking, and he had a low workload in college, a little over 100 snaps in college, or 100 touches in college. That kind of translates nicely to the NFL. It means he's got a lot of fuel left in the tank, and certainly someone 
I, I don't want to say uh, he he kind of reminds me a bit of like an AJ Dillon. Uh, if you're a Giants fan, uh, Brandon Jacobs type guy. He's a tough runner. He's a good blocker and certainly someone who I think will you know I'm not sure if he went up uh, this week due to some of his uh, due to his running specifically, but some of the the pass blocking and the logistical things such as his workload in college make him a very interesting prospect. And I'm certainly going to look more into him. And uh, we'll be talking about, actually, on the uh, YouTube channel, what running backs we really like in this class. Uh, Josh will be back for that one. And, um, you know, maybe he'll be on there, maybe he won't. Uh, But certainly another guy we want to look more into. So make sure to check that out later in the week. But another guy uh, who really impressed in the Senior Bowl, and a lot of people raised their stock. I know there's plenty of other, you know, players that... Uh, you know, did very well this week. Uh, didn't get a chance to mention them all, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it was the biggest senior bowl in terms of uh, big risers and, and you know, monumental performances, but I think it was solid. And, um, you know, we'll see what the Giants do in terms of uh, evaluating these players. I know under Dave Gettleman, the senior bowl was a very big deal. So we'll see what happens if that's the shame, uh, same with Joe Shane. Um, and I guess now we'll transition. Josh is going to be coming back right now uh, and talk about the QBs in this 2022 NFL draft class. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. So we're going to be looking in to this QB class. Uh, we have kind of the main six guys here today. Uh, you know, if you're thinking about the main quarterbacks in this class, these are the guys you think about. So we're going to start from the bottom and we'll make it to our QB1 uh, at the end of the video. So for QB6, we have Sam Howell out of UNC. He's a junior, started since his freshman year, uh, 6'1", 220, and uh, he's an interesting prospect. So Howell, um, he has a strong arm. He's got solid mobility as well, uh, and, he, and he probably has one of the better pocket presences Uh, out of any of these QBs, um, and and he definitely makes some impressive throws. This season has been a struggle uh, compared to some of the other seasons that he's had in the past. Uh, Josh will mention that when he gets to the stats a bit later, but he's you know, he evades uh, pressure well. He makes some outstanding throws. Uh, It's just really the consistency for Howell uh, that lets him down. And when you're, when you're looking at some of his issues, you know, he's undersized a bit, his pre-snap recognition's not great, and sometimes he just doesn't make uh, the right decisions. And, you know, instead of throwing the ball out of out of bounds, he tries to make a throw that he can't do. And sometimes I feel like his deep ball accuracy, general accuracy, 
uh, is poor as well. Uh, he misses a lot of wide open receivers, and that's certainly a problem uh, for Sam Howell. So he's uh, our QB six here uh, at the bottom of the list. So when it comes to Sam Howell, like Alex mentions, he started since his freshman year. He uses his legs quite a bit, and I will get to that in a little bit after going through his passing yards. Starting in 2019, he played 13 games, had 259 completions, a 61.4 completion percentage, 3,641 yards passing, 8.6 yards per attempt with 38 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. You move on to the 2020 season, that completions, uh, the number of completions went down to 237, but his completion percentage did go up uh, a good, what is that, 6 or 7 points, 68.1% had 3,586 yards passing with 10.3 yards per attempt, 30 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So interceptions number stayed the same while the touchdowns went down by 8 passing-wise. And then this past season, 2021, had 217 completions for uh, or with a 62.5% completion percentage, 3,056 yards passing, 8.8 yards per attempt, 24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Rushing, I don't really want to talk about the 2019 because it wasn't as good as he was rushing the ball in 2020 and 2021. So in in his 2020 season, he had 92 attempts for 146 yards and five touchdowns. They really, I I would think, use him in the red zone a lot uh, because he doesn't have that many yards, but he has a lot of touchdowns. And that came like to be... Uh, I guess came to fruition in 2021, especially with 183 attempts for 828 yards, which is about four and a half yards uh, per attempt with 11 touchdowns on the season. So he wasn't just a threat with his passing, uh, but with his rushing as well. And UNC used that to their advantage. And also, oh, I mean, Alex, I don't know if you have anything on the. Yeah, I I would say he's really he's a great runner. Uh, for UNC, but unfortunately, it's just he's unpolished as a passer, and that's really what uh, brings him down uh, on our list. Well, I mean, I, I think that's a good transition because uh, a guy who also, his his ability passing the ball, right, because you were saying he's unpolished as a passer, who's gotten better as the years have gone on, but he's got a lot of weapons, and he just still doesn't seem to be getting it together in the NFL, and that's our NFL comparison for Sam Howell to be. Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns quarterback, with all the weapons that he's had over the years, still doesn't put up those top-tier numbers you expect. And now looking towards our scale, uh, we grade every player.